Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, let's get the inside scoop on the Celtics. It's Scal time. Brian Scalabrini on Merloni and Fourier. Brought to you by Shaw's. Perfecting the art of fresh since 1860. All right, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is the one and only Brian Scalabrini. Scal, what's up? Luke Christian and Megan Ottolini here. What's going on? All right, so what's the argument today? You guys are about <laughs> I was, the Eastern Conference? I was, I was just saying with the, van, with the mandate being lifted in Brooklyn, and you got Kyrie and Durant, and obviously if they're all playing, I think that the, the Nets are the favorites to win the East with the rest of the crew that they have. I think he's crazy for the record. Uh, he's, not, he's not crazy because they are the favorites, but there is a – you know, like all year long, the Nets were the favorites to win the championship, and not one minute did I think – they were championship-level team because I didn't think they were physical enough. This Kyrie Irving situation, James Harden was getting hurt all the time. But I do think they're in a much better position. But with that being said, we got to see what they look like. Ben Simmons has to go out there and play. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be a factor in the playoffs? I do agree with you. Like, you you had Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. I think that's a better combination than James Harden. If Joe Harris comes back, which mm-hmm. is up in the air, he has to come back and play well. Seth Curry – I think he'll be fine. So they have a great team. I, I think I'm more with Lou on paper, but you still have to go out there and see it, and it's still based off of matchups. Like, I don't think they can beat the Miami Heat, to be honest with you, but I think they can beat a lot of other teams. Well, and, and, and when it comes to chemistry, is that just – is that even part of the equation as far as, you know, the relationship uh, on the court? Like, how, I mean, don't you think there there needs to be, like, an identity that is, you know, created with these guys, or does it even matter because it's basketball? Yeah, Christian. So the way I look at this is, um, it's it's not um, it's it's about playing and matching up playing wise, like playing styles. You, mm-hmm. you you can not get along, but if you fit on the court, it'll work. And you could be best of buds, and if it doesn't fit on the court, it won't work. So I look at this like that's why I thought that uh, Kyrie. James Harden and Kevin Durant were a little redundant. Like you have three big time scorers and you have no physical play up front. You have no lockdown defenders. I think the idea of having a lockdown defender that pushes the ball, you have Kyrie Irving that likes to play a little bit slower and he's like, you know, better in the half court. And you have Kevin Durant, who's just the best player in the world. And, you know, Ben Simmons is going to guard the best player. Ben Simmons is going to be the physical guy on Giannis. And so I, I think that when you look at it, their, their combination now will work. Whether they hate each other, which I don't think they do, but if they did, then I don't think that that would matter if they played good basketball. Uh, Brian, it's Megan Adelini. Going back to the Celtics, uh, just before the break, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, both out with injuries against that uh, Pistons team. I'm going to start with Robert Williams. 
How concerned are you, or should we be about that, you know, soft tissue calf injury that he was dealing with just before the All-Star break? Do you think that he'll be back tomorrow night? Yeah, so I don't know if he'll be back, but I'm always concerned with Robert Williams and his injury history. But I think he is an unreal player, one of the best contracts in the NBA when he plays. He completely outperforms his contract. I think he's like an unreal fit. Defensively, he's off the charts. I love what Emei has done with him. But when it comes to injury, I just don't – right now he has to prove to me that he can be out there and play throughout a grinding series and play – you know, probably play injured. Like that's kind of the deal when you're in the playoffs – you got to play through a lot. And I don't, one thing, I don't know how the Celtic medical is handling him. It's like, you know, let's handle him, you know, it's regular season. Let's not overreact to anything. And then when the playoffs come, they'll kind of force him out there. I have no idea how that will happen. But I'm always worried when it comes to Robert Williams and his injury history. Well, we're talking to Brian Scalabrini. And Scal, I know uh, Dragic, he signed with the Nets. And I'm just, I haven't heard much buzz with like the buyout market. Like I know the Celtics maybe have a couple spots. I know they filled them. But is there, is there somebody out there that you kind of have your eye on? Yeah, I like Robin Lopez. He hasn't got bought out yet. I like Derek Favors, you know, down in Oklahoma City. I just think we need one guy with some size. Like, just some, like let's just say we're playing against Embiid. I feel like like in a one-game series, Christian, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lou, I can do a lot in one game. Like, I could really level up in one game. But over the course of seven, yeah. six, five games, that stuff wears you out. And I think Embiid would wear out our front line. So I would like to have a Lopez or a favors to throw out there. And like, let's, let's flip the script for 12 minutes. Let's like, you know, little body shots over the course. And that's the only way you're going to like kind of slow down Joel Embiid over the course of a series. So the only thing I think we need to add, like with all the versatility we have on the perimeter and that guy might never play, but there's going to be moments when Giannis is out there, big, strong physical presence. There'll be moments when Embiid's out there. I I think you're going to have to have that presence. I would love to get my hands on one of those two guys. But outside of that, like, it would have to be someone with size that has, like, a physical factor to him. You know, so they got uh, – the Celtics have 22 games left. That feels like nothing. I feel like it's – I know. I mean, it's like, it's like we're almost at the home stretch already, and they just have the All-Star game. I'm just curious what you think, you know, what you think you're going to see from this team coming back from the bye week, right? So the last time we saw yeah. that was that terrible just – oh, God, man, that loss to Detroit by, like, one point. Do you think they're the team that won the, what, the nine in a row, eight in a row at that point in time, or – do you think they're going to revert back to their old ways? If they're healthy, I, I can't imagine them reverting back. Like it, I, it's good that I mean, it's not good that they lost, but I listen. I'm a I'm a huge, as I just mentioned, Robert Williams fan. The way he plays, and I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan. The way he plays, I think they both fit really well with this team. Those guys are out. We lose to the Pistons, and by the way, the Pistons were on one of those revenge games where they were just playing like. It was their game seven. It was their Super Bowl. And so, you know, like that could happen in the NBA. I didn't think that, I didn't think that like Tatum and Brown, I didn't think that those guys didn't have it. I just thought the Pistons like really like took it to us that day. But in general, I don't, I don't, I think we're going to see the Celtics, if they're healthy, like a team that will, you know, win most of their games. Just if you really dive into the winning streak, like there were some solid wins in there. But like when we're, if we're going up against, Brooklyn with their full squad, and like then we're like we can really dissect like from a championship standpoint. They are playing great basketball right now, like on paper, moving it really well. Even the Piston game when they lost, I thought they played good basketball. And there were times this season where they have not played good basketball. But what, but to me, it's going to be there's going to be some real challenges when you're playing against. It, it maybe not this game against the Nets because I think KD and Ben Simmons are still out. But we play the Nets again in March. 
that'll be a real big test to see how the team, the Dallas game with KG in the building, that's going to be a big time test, you know, playing a team like that on a, on a night like that. So we'll see what this team is made of throughout, but I'm optimistic because as I've been preaching all year long, spacing, execution, uh, ball movement, defense. Uh, yeah, I think they're starting to do that. And they've done that for since about Christmas. Brian, the ball movement, the shooting, all of that stuff on offense is like pretty easy to see the difference in that developed during the winning streak. What's happening on the defensive side of the ball? Because they become such a solid defensive team, and it felt like the pieces were always there. But is that because of adding Derek White into the situation? Is Eme doing something different, you know, scheme-wise on defense? What What do you attribute yeah. the changes there to? Yeah, he made an unreal adjustment, something that I thought would never be possible. He moved Robert Williams off the ball, like off the off the big man. He doesn't guard the big man most of the game. He kind of sits and in, in guards the corner shooter. So if you think about that, you're like, okay, what does that do? Well, anytime a shot is up from the perimeter on a switch, like Al Horford gets switched out on the guard and they want to take him, they shoot it, he's there for rebounds. If a guy does get beat off the dribble, he comes in and he helps out. Well, you're like, well, geez, that, everyone should do that. How come everyone can't do that? Because everyone doesn't have a high basketball IQ where they can read like the gather and know when to come in and help and when to build out to shooters. And Rob – from the beginning of, the, uh, of his career, I'm like, man, this guy doesn't even get in the right location. Like, he wasn't even – like, his angles were bad defensively. He went from that to, like, one of the best I've seen. And there's very few big men that could do what he does. And the whole point, like, at the beginning of the year, if you remember the Toronto game, we gave up 23 offensive rebounds, we were getting killed. It wasn't Rob Williams' fault. Like, he was switching out on the perimeter. They were taking the shot 35 feet, 30 feet from the basket – and then there was nobody at the back line of defense to rebound. Well, the adjustment that Eme made, like the Celtics are lapping the field with that adjustment. I've never in my life seen an adjustment by a coach where something has worked over the course of eight weeks or something like that, where, and, and, and something like that has never happened. Like you would see an adjustment and then teams would catch on to it and they start exploiting it. Yeah, teams are having – this is a real problem for other teams with Rob Williams leaking, uh, lurking around the basket – and still being able to get out to that corner three-point shooter. And then when he contests, like guards are really having a hard time shooting over him. So an amazing adjustment from their staff. And like I said, that's just like, like their defensive rating is insane right now. And, like it's in the, and the NBA being one point better is like a big deal. They're 10 points better. That's, I mean, like it's like the, the league has not adapted to this. And we'll see if they do in the last 22 games, but – as I look at it right now, man, I'm like, I'm wondering what teams are going are, are gonna to do against this uh, against Rob Williams in the corner. We're talking to Brian Scalabrini. Scal, yesterday we were talking to Jeff Goodman. We were talking about the comments of LeBron James saying he wanted to play with Bronny at the end of his career. So, of course, you know what we do. Four or five years from now, would you be willing to draft Bronny to get LeBron here if he can still play? Like, just your thoughts on him? Hell no, man. No <laughs> way. Thank you. Four years. Oh, no Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to do it. What do you it. know of, 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 of Bronny? Because he felt there was undue pressure put on the kid, like LeBron making those comments. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on all kids. So, you know, like, if you're, if you're going to try to make it in this business, there's a lot of pressure on you. And I'm sure... Like there, as much pressure as there is on him, he also has access to a gym and a, pers- and a you know, personal trainer and all that stuff. So there's like there's just pluses and minuses to it. If he was Bronny Smith, like we wouldn't be talking about him. He's right. a four star recruit. I, I I would say he ha- he's in the conversation to be a pro. He's not a lock to be a pro. He's not a five star guy. Like mm-hmm. I work right now 
with the number one ninth grader in America who actually plays up in Maine, Cooper Flag. I work with A.J. DeBeinsta. He's at St. Sev's. He's like the number one eighth grader in America. These guys are pros. Like, they're already pros. Their length, their athleticism. They just have to make sure they keep going through their life so they can get like that. Bronny uh, is going to, like, has the opportunity to grow to that, but I don't think he's an NBA player at this mm-hmm. point. He's got to, like, you know, he's like one of 300, not, you know, not one of 10 at this point. All right, Scott, listen, man, we appreciate it. Enjoy them coming back tomorrow night. I know the Nets don't really have anybody on the court tomorrow night, probably, but still, it should be a good one. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Sounds good. All right. See you. Thanks, Scott. All right. That's Brian Scalabrini. Uh, by the way, brought to you by Shaw's, perfecting yard of fresh since 1860. Speaking of basketball, I don't know if you caught that UConn game the other night. Uh, an interesting moment in that one with the head coach, Dan Hurley. We'll get into it. I'll ask the question. Which referees are the worst in all of sports? We'll debate that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 